0: Alright, we are in the middle of a sermon series called Blueprints, and we're just learning a little bit about the church and what we believe the Bible says churches should look like and what Kingsway is trying to look like. And so Pastor Paul's going to be sharing a little bit about the third G today. We've been going through some Gs, he'll explain that to you. But I'm going to get you guys to open up your Bibles today to the book of John. Can I get you guys to open up your Bibles to the book of John? And I'll be reading the passage out for us today. John chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. John chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 8. And I'll read this for us. Please follow along. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Amen.
1: Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Peter and the media team. Um, I always have a little laugh whenever we clap for the kids to go. It feels like we're just celebrating that they're going. Um, that's how I feel. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, well, welcome again to uh, Kingsway. Uh, especially if this is your first week, you're just coming to check us out, or this is your second, third week. Uh, again, we're super happy that you're here. We hope that you feel comfortable. We hope that you can get to know some people. right? We hope you can settle in. Uh, check us out and like uh, the community, uh, like the scriptures, like the, the preaching, the singing, uh, we hope you can make this your home church. Right? That's what we'd really love to see happen. You know, A big part of that is to know what uh, Kingsway is about. Right? And that's what this series is you know, really trying to explain. Right? What does a church look like? And the way that we've structured Kingsway, uh, it really answers the question, and it's the same answer, uh, what should you do? Right? What should a Christian do? And we've modeled Kingsway to try to help you do those things, right? And those are five things. Right? And if you kind of, oh, you can kind of see it on that wallpaper behind me, right? Five things, starting with G, we're meant to gather, right? Daniel talked about this two weeks ago. We're meant to gather as people, get to know one another. Ultimately, we want to do life together here at Kingsway. And then we grow. I talked about that last week. We don't just gather and have fun and, you know, you know be happy, but then we want to grow to be more like Jesus. Right? That was last week. Today, I want to talk about give, Right? We want to see people give right? give time, energy money, right their forgiveness, love, grace, all of these things give. then we want to go right? we want to take the message of Jesus to other people or bring them here to hear about Jesus and then it's all for the glory of God. Right? there are the five things that we've modeled our church after and they're really the five things that we want to see you do in your life. gather, grow, give, go, all for the glory of God. And so let me today talk about that third one, give, right, give. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever received a gift that was way too much, right? It was, it was too much to receive. Um, I received one of those gifts a few years ago. I think it was my birthday. Uh, you know, some gifts, when you know, people give it to you, you're like, oh, thank you, and you, you just take it straight away. Uh, some gifts, when they give it to you, you're like, oh, no, 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 but you take it anyway, right? You just, you know, that's, that's what you're going to do. This was one of those gifts where I was like, no, 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 but I genuinely meant it, right? I remember Uni and I, we were at home, and we opened up the gift, and we we're like, what? And like, we were stunned. We didn't know what to do, and we, 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 I talked to that person, this is anonymous, by the way, I talked to that person, I was like, no, I really can't take this, right? This is too much, Right? I, I can't receive this. And what that person had given me um, was this, right? The iPad that I'm preaching with. Right? That's, oh, that's not impressive? Okay, all right. <laughs> you got some rich friends then. Uh, I, I, I was like, no way I can receive. Like, if you know me, I love Apple. And so a part of me is like, yes, yes, yes. But, you know, I was like, no, this is way too much for me to receive. Right? Have you ever received something like that? Right? I'm, not, I'm not trying to rub it in. But have you ever received a gift like that? You know, that's the kind of generosity that we would call you know, radical generosity. The over-the-top, the, the way-too-much. This is a little bit uncomfortable kind of generosity. And that's the kind of generosity that we would love to see, I would love to see, embodied here at Kingsway. Right? The generosity in, again, time or the way that we serve, we love, we forgive, that is a little uncomfortable. That's one of our core values here at Kingsway, radical generosity. And that's what I want to talk about today. But that's what we find here in this passage, right? The passage that we just heard in John chapter 12. All right, so let's go to our first point. I've got two points today. Serving at his feet. John chapter 12, it begins like this. Uh, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Now if you know that story, Lazarus dies, and Jesus, he raises him from the dead. Right? So they're having a dinner, verse two. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. And verse three: Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with a fragrance of the perfume you know in my opinion this is one of the most extravagant displays of generosity we find in the bible right the magnitude of the generosity is really astounding if if you want to just think about it with me for for a second and i just want to point out two things let's think about the financial sacrifice the financial cost for mary to pour this ointment on jesus it's described as a pound of expensive ointment. A pound, I googled, is about half a kilogram, right? And she, she pours it all over Jesus, right? In the other Gospels, it says she broke the neck. And basically, she broke the neck of the jar, meaning she's, she wants to use it all. Now, when you put perfume on yourself, it's like, and you get like a few sprays, right? You, you, like a 100 milliliters lasts you a good time. She's pouring half a kilo all On Jesus. It's described as pure nard. The pure there means pure in quality. That's why it is an expensive ointment. And we later find that it's worth 300 denarii. Now, if you want to translate that, 300 denarii is a year's worth of wages. So, for some reason, imagine you've got a perfume at your home that's worth a year's worth of your wage. Right, how much do you earn? You spent that much on a perfume, okay? And then you poured it all over Jesus. This is a family uh, heirloom, a treasure that they pass down from generation to generation, right? Something this expensive is really, they treasure it. They don't use it. They put it on the shelf and they just look at it. They admire it. They talk about it. But Mary breaks it open in worshipful service at the foot of Jesus. How much do you earn in a year? Right, don't answer that. Just think about that. And imagine taking all of that and giving it to Jesus. Right, just, just putting it into the offering box today. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do that. That's radical. It's an incredible act of devotion, sacrifice, and surrender. Not only is this astounding because of the financial cost, but if you see what happens, there's a personal cost to Mary. If you look at her, it says she bends down and she wipes Jesus' feet with her hair. Now, she didn't need to do this. She could use her hands, she could have grabbed a towel, she could have just poured it over him and left it. But she wipes his feet with her hair. Now, back in 2003, in first year university, I went on a mission trip to Thailand. And as we were preparing, one of the things we prepared was to understand the culture of Thailand. Right? And one of the things I distinctly remember was learning about the feet and the head. And we were told, the feet in Thai culture is dirty. Right? So you must never like, point your foot at anyone. Right? Why would you do that? I don't know. Like When you're sitting cross-legged... Make sure your feet are covered. But right? if you're lying sideways, don't point your feet outwards. Tuck it in. Cover it with your dress. All right? Be careful with your foot. Don't grab something on the floor with your foot. Right? And one of our, our friends actually did that. <laughs> you know, your foot is dirty. And another thing we learned, the head is holy. And so we were told, you know, don't touch anyone's head. Right, and you say, well, when would you ever do that? If you go to an orphanage and there are kids playing around with you and you want to you know, show affection, don't touch their head. That's what we're taught. So if you combine the two, what you should never, ever, ever do is take your foot and put it on someone's head. Right? That's like the worst combination of the two. Right? Never do that. Right? The head is the highest place of the body. The foot is the lowest, the dirtiest place of the body. But that's exactly what Mary is doing. She comes from a similar culture where the foot is considered dirty, and yet she stoops down and wipes the lowest part of Christ's body with the highest part of her body. This is an act of surrender, submission, humiliation really, but exaltation of Jesus Christ. Think about the cost to do that. Think about walking into a party and not just pouring perfume onto Jesus but to stoop so low, right? In your posture to serve him so extravagantly. I don't know if you've been to church retreats where the teacher washes the foot of a student, right? And the music's playing and the teacher's crying and the kid's crying and it's weird and everyone's crying. I've seen this happen before. It's very emotional. But I've never seen a teacher then take the foot and wipe the foot with the head. Because that's on another level. That's the extravagance of the generosity and the servitude of Mary in this passage. This isn't normal. This is abnormal. This is kind of uncomfortable generosity. And yet this is what we're called to embody. Jesus actually commends her for this. In Matthew chapter 26, he says, truly I say to you, wherever this gospel, right, wherever the message of Jesus is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Right? He, he, he says that what she's doing is a good thing, so much so that her, her act will be told right, wherever we open up the Scriptures, and that's what we're doing right now. We're talking about her. This act of service was shocking even to the disciples. Right? If you read Matthew's account, he says, when the disciples saw it, they were in, indignant and they asked, why this waste? Right? Even the disciples who walked with Jesus were like, no, 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 don't do that. That's a waste, right? That's a waste to pour it on Jesus. John, our passage, points out Judas. He says, Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him. That's going to happen later that night. Judas will betray Jesus and sell him out for some money. He asks, why was his ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Judas is complaining that that ointment shouldn't be wasted on Jesus. It could have been used for other things when really in his heart, he just wanted to take the money right, and put it into his pocket right, because he was stealing from their money bag. And even though this is the same Jesus, it's the same Jesus who, who taught, who they knew. In fact, Judas probably had spent more time with Jesus than Mary did. The responses of, of Judas and Mary are vastly different. Right, how is it that on one hand you've got this guy, Judas, who's like, No, 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 that's a waste. I don't pour that on Jesus. I'd rather use that money for myself. And on this other side, you have this woman named Mary who's willing to sacrifice so much for Jesus, right? What's the difference? Right? How do you get there versus how do you get there? Right? Mary, for Mary, 300 denarii, it's, it's not something to think about. She just wastes it on Christ. But Judas, as I said, He is unwilling to sacrifice for Jesus. We find out later tonight, he will sacrifice Jesus himself. Later, he will sell Jesus out for a little bit of money. Now, before we point fingers at Judas, I want us to think about ourselves. I want us to think about our generosity. Are we more like Mary? Or are we more like Judas? If I'm honest with myself, I must confess, I'm often like Judas in my generosity. Whether it's giving up time to help someone, right? meet someone to hear about their, their problems, right? spending my money to bless someone, right? the generosity of my heart to love or to forgive, it's often calculated and it's often reluctant. Right? That's the heart of Judas, calculated and reluctant. We think to ourselves, but, but I could spend that money doing something else. But I could spend that time, instead of serving church, you know, going to the beach, you know, whatever. Right, that gift that that everyone wants to pitch in to buy for that person, I don't know if they're worth that, you know, et cetera. We we kind of think that way, if we're honest. And even when it comes to Jesus, we're often more concerned about what Jesus can do for us than what we can do for Him, right? And that's exactly the mentality and the heart of Judas. As I said at the start, I want us at Kingsway to be a church that is radically generous, right? We're not there, but we've got a lot of time together, hopefully. And we're pushing to be that, to embody that, where the culture is one where, not that the majority receive and the few give, but where the majority give, right? And I'm talking about in all sorts of ways, right? Which is why we've got helping hands opening up, opening up, by the way. Right, we're serving Jesus and his people it just comes naturally. but not just give, but radically give. And before you say that's impossible, right I just want to point out a verse in Acts chapter two right for the for the team that was preparing before we opened up this church, we looked at Acts chapter two a lot, and in verse forty four to forty five it says All who believed, this is a description of the early church, the first church to exist. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Radical generosity. I'm going to sell my house to take care of you. That was what was happening in the early church. And so the question is, what was it about Mary that enabled her to be so generous? Well, what is it right, in the people, I don't know if you've seen people around in church, maybe here or somewhere else, that are always so generous with their time to open up their home, to put their hands up to serve a church. Right? What makes them so generous? Right, that's what I want to look at next. Right? To do that, we're going to rewind, and we're going to Luke chapter 10. And this is the second and last point. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 catalogs our first encounter with Mary, her sister Martha, her brother Lazarus. And once again, we're going to find a contrast between Mary and someone else. And this time it's her sister Martha. Verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Martha had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. So on the outside, it seems like Martha is doing what Mary did just a moment ago. Martha is serving, it says. And Mary is sitting. But even though it seems like Martha is serving like Mary did a moment ago, we're going to find that something is very different in the heart of Martha. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to Jesus and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me." But right, I want you to imagine with me this scenario. Martha invites Jesus over to the house, and there's a group of people. they're sitting in the lounge room, and Mary's sitting at the foot of Jesus as Jesus is talking. Right, they're having a good time over there. And Martha's busy running around in the rest of the ha- home. I've got, I've got to clear the table. Uh, I've got to start cooking that thing. I've got to clean the toilets. Oh, Mary left her pajamas on the table again. I've got to clean that up. Oh, then the pot's starting to boil. All of these things are going through Martha's mind. She's busy. She's stressed. She's anxious. She pushes it down. I've got to serve. I've got to serve. I've got to serve. And as the pot begins to boil, Martha's blood begins to boil. And then she cracks. and She snaps. And she goes to Jesus and she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. A little bit of an awkward situation. I don't know if you can relate to Martha. Maybe you're an older sibling and you're like, yes. Maybe at work or in the family or maybe even church, you carry the burden of a lot of people. Yes, I know this business. I know this stress. I know what it is to carry for a lot of people. And yet what is surprising is how Jesus responds. Verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. You'd imagine that when Martha goes to Jesus, that Jesus might be like, yes, Martha, you're right. Mary, get up. You know, do your part. Go help, you know, clean up the house and in the kitchen. That's totally not what happens. It's the opposite. Rather than commending Martha for her hard work, Jesus rebukes her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And rather than rebuking Mary for sitting there, He commends her. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Now here, in that answer, is the secret to Mary's service. Here is the secret to what enabled Mary to be so extravagantly generous, right in the passage we saw before. It's because Mary sat at the foot of Jesus. It's because Mary sat that she was able to serve. Right? We need to sit before we serve. Jesus says that what Mary chose to do, rather than serve, is the better choice. She's chosen the good portion. And it's the crucial choice. One thing is necessary. This is what you must do, Jesus is saying to Martha but it is what you have forgotten to do. Jesus is saying that all of us need to sit at the foot of Jesus. No matter what else you are doing, we need to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear His words spoken into our lives for our relationship and intimacy to deepen in that place as we rest right right in front of Him, to be reminded of His love, His grace, His promises, And there find our joy and reason for living. And from there, we serve. We must sit at the foot of Jesus before we serve at the foot of Jesus. This is the foundational act. I'm just going to sit on this uh, one principle for the rest of the sermon. If we sit, we will begin to serve. If we sit, we will begin to serve. But if we only serve, we will end up doing neither. Let me talk about that last half. If we only serve, we will cease to do both. This is where Martha went wrong. A lot of us, like Martha, we start with good intentions, with good hearts. Remember, this was all Martha's idea. Verse 38. Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. This is Martha's plan. Hey, Mary, I've got this wonderful idea. Why don't we invite Jesus over to our place this Saturday? Right, I'm going to decorate the house. I want to do a three-course meal. I want to do this. I want to do that. This was all Martha's idea, starting with joy, excitement, passion, because she loves Jesus. But along the way, like Martha, verse 40, we get distracted. Martha was distracted with much serving. The busyness of serving and doing this and that, it distracted her. Distracted her from what? The serving, it says, distracted her. It distracted her from the good portion, that which was necessary. The serving distracted her from sitting. Right? Maybe that sounds relatable to you. And the reason why this all matters is because when we stop sitting and we're just serving after a while, we forget why we were doing this in the first place. We forget that motivation, because I love Jesus, because I want to sacrifice for him, but I will go over the top because I love him, all of that stuff, we remember at his feet. But as we serve, we give, we do late nights, we rock up to church early, we carry burdens, if we forget why we're doing it, We're going to get bitter. We're going to get disappointed. we're going to burn out. Martha's busyness turns into bitterness because she forgot why she was doing all of this. She had stopped sitting at the foot of Jesus, delighting in him, enjoying him. And the things that once used to be a joy, once used to be a delight, become duty. Because you've lost your why. You've lost your reason why. Now, we've all been here before if you've been at church long enough. I've been here before. Where we're so busy serving, we stop enjoying Jesus. And in that place, we start asking questions like why am I doing all this stuff? Why do I sacrifice so much time, energy, when I could be using it for other things? Why am I doing more than that other person over there? Why is it so hard? Why do I bother? The answer to all those whys is simple Jesus. Jesus is why you're doing all this stuff. Jesus is why you're sacrificing. Jesus is why you're waking up early and sleeping late. And this is why you wanted to do it. But when we forget the why, it becomes a struggle. If you stop sitting at the foot of Jesus, you've lost your reason, you've lost your motivation, you've lost your purpose. Your busyness will turn to bitterness. You will burn out. And that's what happens to Martha. And unfortunately, that's the reality of what happens a lot to people in the church. The reality is that when we get busy at church, one of the first things to get thrown out the window is that quiet time with Jesus. I'm too busy to pray, I'm too busy to sit down and read the Bible. I've got better things to do. Right? That's, that's a bad trap. We must always make that a priority. That's what happened to Martha. That's what happens to us. You know, the really kind of sad thing about this, again, is that Martha starts off well. Serving is well. I mean, the whole point of this sermon is to serve. I know it seems like I'm telling you not to. Um, serving is good. And Martha starts off, volunteering her house and her time to serve Jesus. But she ends blaming Jesus and shaming her sister. Right? No one forced her to do any of this. No one forced her to say, yes, I'll serve Jesus. But along the way, this is what happens when we get too busy. I said before that at Kingsway, we want to be generous, but also we want to avoid this. We want to avoid burnout. As much as possible, we're going to minimize burnout. And it's hard. It's probably happening right now. But we're going to fight for that. I personally care and grieve when people struggle. And I know that the other pastors do, and I know the rest of the church does. And we want to be a church where burnout is minimized. We're going to fight for this. We're going to figure it out, create systems, I know maybe it's more care, better training, be a community that gathers better, that is more honest with one another, all of these things, right? We're going to work on them. But a part of it, a part of burnout is on you. Because you need to sit at his feet. And no amount of systems or pastoral care or community can do that for you. We can encourage it and help you and remind you. But you need to sit at his feet. Because unless you sit at his feet, you will forget why you did all these things. And you put your hand up for these things in the first place and you will grow bitter and burn out. So sit at his feet. If all you do is serve, you will stop doing both. You won't keep serving because you will lose the motivation. But also, if we sit, we will begin to serve. If all we do is sit in time, the joy and the love will overflow in your heart and you will want to serve Jesus. This, I said, was Mary's secret. In this passage, all she's doing is sitting at the foot of Jesus, delighting in Him, deepening her relationship with Him. And that is why in John chapter 12, at the end of the life of Jesus, she does one of the most extravagant things we find in the Bible. She pours out this one year's wage worth of perfume all on Christ, and she humbles herself to wipe His foot with her hair. And all along, there is no complaint. There's no comparison. There's no question of why am I the only one doing this? There's no why does it cost so much? None of those things go through her head. Because she sat, she serves. She knows why she's willing to be humiliated and sacrifice so much. It is because she knows Jesus she loves him, he is her joy, and it overflows. Sitting is essential, it is foundational, it is our fuel, it is our motive. We must sit before we ever serve. And so I said at Kingsway, we want to do two things. We want to be radically generous, and we want to avoid burnout. And you wonder, are those two things even compatible? Because when we're generous and we serve, for example, and we give ourselves, well, that seems to burn out people. And maybe the solution is you just give, 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 and people burn out. Or maybe you just tell everyone not to give and people won't burn out. Right? Can we have both? I think we can have both if we can just fight to sit at the foot of Jesus. Because if we sit, we'll be generous. And if we sit we'll remember why and hopefully not burn out. And so my question is, when was the last time you sat at the foot of Jesus? When was the last time you just enjoyed spending time in His presence and you opened up the Bible so that He would speak to you? And you just carved out some time to talk to Jesus one-on-one in the quiet of your room or the park or the beach, When was the last time you sat at his feet? If you're relatively new to Kingsway or the Christian faith, I invite you to sit at the foot of Jesus. You can do that this week personally in your own time. But, you know, I want you to maybe commit to coming to church on Sundays. That's kind of what we're doing here today. I'm opening up the word. We pray together. We sing. We're trying to sit at the foot of Jesus together. Maybe you can commit to gathering, coming to one of our outings, you know, get to meet some people so we can help you along the journey. Maybe go join a growth group. I talked about that last week. Growth groups is basically a smaller group of people like today sitting at the foot of Jesus together. We read the word, we pray, we share life, share our struggles. Now, if you're serving, maybe you can sit. Maybe you can carve our time this week to sit at the foot of Jesus. If it's been a while since you've done that, just carve out five minutes. I mean, when I say let's pray in a second, you can pull out your phone. I invite you to pull out your phone, look through your calendar, and lock it in. Right? Don't wait for it to just magically emerge throughout the week that you have like, oh, like I have spare time, what should I do? I'm gonna pray. No, no, just lock it in proactively. Speak to God. And let him speak to you through his word. And if you're serving, if you're bitter or burning out, I want you to speak to someone. I speak to a leader. Your growth group leader, your ministry leader, a pastor. And one of the sad things about this passage when I look at Martha is that you know I feel like she just kept it in for too long. But she could have just asked Mary, hey Mary, do you want to just help me out a bit? She could have just gone to Jesus and be like, Jesus, can you just... Like, can you can like, can you listen to my stresses right now? She, it's like she waits and waits and waits and then it just comes out all at once. Speak to someone. But in amongst all of this sitting, if you've been enjoying Jesus and you've grown through the last couple of months, you've enjoyed Kingsway, you've enjoyed Christ, you've, you're growing in that relationship, Maybe you want to serve. And so we've opened up Helping Hands today. Right? We're going to open up Helping Hands. We're going to talk about that in a second. And this is just a way for you, in a very low commitment way, to get on board with what we're doing at Kingsway, to help build it up and serve Jesus. But again, I'm not forcing you to do it. I don't want you to make this priority if you're sitting. Right? Maybe you want to serve the church, right? And we'll talk about that in a moment. But why don't we close our eyes and why don't we pray together? And as we pray, I just want us to, just just between us and Jesus, spend a few minutes just focusing our complete attention on Him, And maybe this is all new to you. You don't even really understand what it means to sit at the foot of Jesus. I mean, Jesus isn't really here with us. I just want you to think about him. You know, the Bible says that he is listening to us right now. And just speak to him about your burdens, your questions, your confusions, maybe even some of the stuff I talked about. Just speak to him, whether through your mind or your words, we you just want to rest in his presence. Be reminded that he loves you. That really generosity is seen most clearly at the cross where Jesus generously gave his life for your sins. And just sit there in his presence. Even for those of us who have served for a long time, I just want us to just for a moment enjoy sitting at his feet. You know, we want to be radically generous, but it all starts here. Enjoy who He is and let that overflow into your service. I spent a couple of minutes delighting in Christ. Let's pray.